a window of opportunity in Isaiah's life. There's some things that went wrong with Isaiah. And to get back on track, he got his focus back on the Lord. Got his eyes off the things of the world, off of what was happening in family, what was happening in the nation, and he reconnected with the Lord. Our first session together, we talked about he looked up. And when Isaiah saw the angels, the seraphims, worshiping, and he noticed they, they covered their face, and they covered their feet, and they flew. They had purpose and destiny. And as the angels begin to declare to each other, holy, 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 and then speak a prophetic word that the whole earth is full of his glory, the angels saw the post of the door move at the voice of him that cried. And my point there, I made it last week, is that when we worship him in spirit and in truth, it begins to go to the doors in our life that are closed and the doors in our life that seem like they're, they're unattainable. And that power of praise and that power of worship can open any locked door that God is saving for you. I think a lot of times God hides things in his word not to hide them from us, but to hide them for us. And as we begin to see what God's word has to say about us, it's a life-changing experience. And when you say God has written things 2,000, 4,000, 6,000 years ago concerning you, it's a good feeling. It's a good feeling to know that God cares about us. He's thinking about us, that he has a purpose and he has a destiny for our life. And we can find that purpose and find that destiny in the word of God. So as Isaiah begins to worship and the angels begin to move, the closer we get to God, the more we realize how much we need God. Amen. Anybody relate to that? The closer, the more we get in tune with worship and praise, the more we realize that we're not where we need to be, but there's a path, there's a, there's a highway. There's a, there's a walk that we can walk. And, you know, we talk about walking the walk and talking the walk. It's easy to talk the talk. How many knows that? But it's not so easy to walk the walk because in the supernatural, there is divine attack against you, against your family, against your ministry, against your words, against your deeds. It seems like it's, it's a barrage. It seems like sometimes it never ends. It's like sometimes we say, okay, when's it all going to end? Anybody relate? Man, I've gone through this, and I went through this, and I went through that, and now it looks like I got this. And it's like, when's it ever going to end? It ends. There's a season of Selah coming. Look at some say, there is a season of Selah coming, and I'm going to rest in the things that God has promised and has provided for me. So as he begins to acknowledge, Brother Gerald, his, his, his shortcoming, his weakness, he realizes that he's in an, an environment that's unhealthy. And as he begins to, I guess, declare to, to God how unhealthy he is, the Bible says the angel took from the apothecary, the altar of apothecary, a coal, which represents the power and presence of God. And when the angel touched that coal to Isaiah's mouth, he was not burned, he was healed. I reminded the burning bush in, when Moses found it. The bush wasn't there to hurt. It was there to identify and get Moses' attention. So when God, God touches our mouth with that, that power of an anointing, that power of worship, it gives us the ability to do what no man can do, and that is to leave this place and go however many billions of miles in space and connect with God just as if he was sitting behind you. Think about that for a minute. Look behind Look to your left. Look to your right. You never know where God's going to show up. You never know what he's going to do. You never know how he's going to do it. 
In Hebrews 2 and 12, it says, In the midst of the church would I declare thy name unto the brethren. In the midst of the church will I praise you in worship. And what is crazy, Pastor Ron talked about two or three, and I was going to make that point this morning, where two or three gather together, and they begin to declare his goodness and begin to declare his mercy. He comes down to see what's going on. And as he comes down to see what's going on, and he sees the worship, and he sees the praise, the Bible says he begins to join us in praise. And he begins to join us in worship. I'll tell you what, you can get Dolly Parton, you can get Keith Urban, you can get Van Halen, whoever you want to accompany you, but there's nothing like having the fresh voice of the Lord calling out to heaven and saying, God, here comes the praise and worship of my children, and I'm going to orchestrate it, I'm going to mandate it, I'm going to bring it right into your presence, and you're going to hear their voice, see their declaration, see their praise, see their worship, and when that happens, it begins to take place, the Bible says the Lord begins to walk up and down the aisles of this sanctuary, and he begins to declare his name. And also, I thought that was just like a short walk, but as you realize, when, when Jesus said, here's how you pray, say, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. When you begin to look at the name of God and what God's name can do for you, we know there are 16 compound names of Jehovah, and I will not share all 16 with you this morning, but as we come, no matter how we come, we, go, we come in one way, we leave another. I made a decision yesterday. I told two or three people yesterday, I have a choice to make today. I can, I can stay home and feel bad, or I can get up and go do something and feel bad. And I noticed when I got up and went and started to do something, it seemed like God touched me and strengthened me, and I was able to do things I couldn't do. Can anybody relate to that? So what happens when, when two or three begin to agree and we get to provide that cloud of worship, that cloud of praise, the Lord begins to walk up and down. Some of us he spends more time with because we need, we need more help. Uh, uh, Austin and I need all the help we get. We're not great singers, but you know what? We don't care. It's a, it's a noise. We think it's awesome. You look at it backwards. Noise is spelled Zion. So we're doing Zion's work. We're doing Zion's glory. But God honors that mouth that is open. Look at somebody say, you can't get nothing if you don't speak nothing. And so if you let this moment pass you by this morning and you didn't input anything into it, you probably won't get a whole lot out of it. But when, Jeff, when Isaiah began to worship, began to see the power of God, the authority of God, and realize I'm not where I need to be, that's why Jesus walks up and down the aisles of this sanctuary. And what is so crazy, while we're worshiping Cheryl, he knows exactly what we have need of, and he will begin to introduce to you, Greg, the power of his name. If Greg and Susan just need a little, a little help financially, the Lord stands right next to Greg, gets in the middle of him and, and Susan, and he begins to declare, I am Jehovah Jireh, I am your provider. Right. And in the middle of worship, I, I was thinking about Linda. Linda might not be feeling all that great, but as she begins to join in praise, join in worship, the Lord, our healer, walks up to you and puts his arm around you and embraces you in that healing. Every single area of our life, if we feel like we're under attack, he's the Lord, our banner. If we feel like our, our, our integrity is being threatened, he's the Lord, our righteousness. So when you come into the house of God and you expect a supernatural transformation to take place, it will probably take place. But there's got to be a window of opportunity, a window of expectancy, a window when you allow God to do what God wants to do. And I think that is so incredible that when to actually think, Jennifer, that I'm singing and the Lord is singing with me. I look at Zephaniah 3 and 17, very, very popular scripture around here. And it says, is that a joyous choir I hear? No, it's a Lord himself exalting over you in happy song. 
So aren't you glad this morning that God is happy and God is, come on, and he said, because your face says it? If, if you're saved and you know it, tell your face. If you're saved and you know it, turn that frown into a, it takes more muscles, and we know, we know all of that. But I want to look just for a minute as Isaiah looks up in worship, then he looks in discipleship, then a question is asked. Let me bring that question to your attention in Isaiah 6. And I want to go to verse, verse 5. He experiences, encounters the power of God shaking the temple at its foundations. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I'm undone, because I'm a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So he acknowledges that he is not speaking what he should be speaking, and he's not declaring what he should be declaring, and he's surrounding himself with people that they're not speaking right things. They're not declaring right things. And as we pursue this race, how many of us are running a race? And we're running with patience. It's not the one that runs the swiftest. It's not the one that shines the brightest. But it's the one that crosses the finish line. That's the one that endures. I saw this week on Facebook, some, uh, they, were, they were running the high hurdles. And about the third hurdle, the girl that was running it, she missed it. And she fled, she fe- fell on her face, did a roll, and got up and went across the finish line. That's what it's all about. It's not about being first. It's not, it's not about priority, but it's the fact that you're where God wants you in this race. And as you're running, the enemy cannot stop or hinder you in any area of your life. Amen. However, the Bible says, blessed is the man that walketh. See, we're supposed to be running. But the man that walketh in the counsel of the godly, blessed is the man that sitteth see, see the scornful. His delight is in the law of the Lord. So as we walk this walk, Jerry, there are, there are circumstances all around us that do not want us to grow. They don't want us to mature. They don't want us to receive anything from God. So if they can distract you and stop you from running, you start walking, then you start standing. Next thing you know, you're sitting at the seat of the scornful. There's no joy. There's no favor. There's no blessing. And God doesn't seem to get the glory there. It is my choice not to stay in that place, Abigail, but I want to run this race. I want to be what God wants me to do. I want to do what God wants me to do. Look at somebody and say, I want to be all God wants me to be. I want to do. All God wants me to do. And that power is connected to a corporate worship. When we begin to praise and worship corporately, and we know the Lord comes, begins to minister, begins to touch us, there's something that happens between you and I that I believe is awesome. And it's called the power of agreement. Amos 3 says, how can you walk, how can two walk, except they walk in agreement? The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 4 and 9, it says, if we're walking together, and one falls down, the other one picks him up. If one gets cold, the other one keeps him warm. And if one is under attack, we come to defend that person that we're walking with, that we're standing with. So see what happens when we're, when we're doing what God wants us to do, and God brings the things in our life that we need. God will bring into your life a prayer partner or a warrior or a husband or a wife or a boss or employee or a spouse or someone that says, I'm going to walk this walk with you, and we're going to see good things happen. And when you, when you begin to tap into their anointing and tap into their favor and tap into their blessing, I know someone in this house today that where he goes, he's a blessing. He's a blessing to be around. And I've watched somebody in this house that when he stopped working at this particular place, the place didn't seem to do very well. 
And I, it's just something that I observed and I, I've noticed. But then I've noticed when we started working back for this place, this place starts speaking right. The, the boss starts speaking right. The employees start speaking like, can one man make, make a difference? Absolutely, one man can make a difference. That cliche says, one bad apple don't spoil the whole bunch. Well, no, but it'll spoil a, it'll spoil a lot. Someone say, it'll spoil a lot. Every week we, deli- we deal with bananas or strawberries that if you don't eat them now, they're probably not going to be any good tomorrow. And it's sad that some people, that's all they're good for is daily fruit. There's no, there's no prophetic. There's no vision. No, I, I, don't, I don't just have to be here tomorrow, but I can be somewhere else tomorrow. And when you surround yourself with somebody walking in covenant, the Bible says where two or three are gathered, there I am in the midst of them. We all, we all know what the Bible says about how can two or three be in agreement and God not come down, but Pastor Ron, I thought, was stomping in my garden today when she talked about um, Acts the 28 chapter where it says, we know that all things work together for good. The reason why, we have he who searches the mind of God, that's Jesus, and we'll have the Holy Spirit interceding for him who's searching, and then we've got God. So look what we've got in heaven. We've got God on the throne. We've got Jesus at the right hand. God at the throne, everybody say one. We've got Jesus at the right hand, everybody say two. And then the Holy Spirit looking for people to bless three. Where two or three gather, you see it? Not just in a physical, not just you and I and one more, but when God and Jesus and the Holy Spirit all get on the same page concerning us, concerning our blessing, concerning our favor, there is no telling what happens when you get those three entities in agreement over you. No weapon formed against that person shall prosper. Nothing can hinder that person that's walking where they need to be walking. And I want to tell you something else, and I want to use uh, Courtney and, and, and Michael, if I may. As, as they met, they, don't, they didn't go on a dating scene, a dating uh, uh, app. They didn't go to a dating app. I, I started to go on just to look and see what all, but I did, and I figured somehow it would come back and bite me. Sure enough, so I didn't do it. But they, did, they didn't go on a pen pal uh, uh, flurry. They didn't, they didn't go to a dating site. But they just showed up where they were supposed to be. Listen, what God has for you, all you got to do is show up at the right place at the right time with the right mindset, and your life will be changed. I come in one way, and I leave seven. Aren't you glad this morning that he's changing you right now as you're seeing, right now as you're, as you're declaring, as you're building a cloud of worship? He honors that. And so we, we watch as God begins to move in Courtney's life, in Michael's life. He brings together. He puts the love there. They begin to nourish that and begin to build upon that. And then the two become one. And when the two become one, there's nothing that can stop them. There's nothing that can hinder them. The success of their children, the success of their business, their life, their ministry, where, where he is in control, they are okay. Look at somebody and say, Courtney and Michael are okay. There needs to be someone in your life that you can speak into, that can speak into you back and forth, two or three gathered in his name. And so what happens when, when Isaiah begins to see this transition in the spirit, when the angel t- touches his, his lips with the coal of worship, and the Bible says his sins are, are, have been forgiven them, when we begin to declare how good God is to us, God begins to declare back how good he wants to be to us. Amen. Don't miss that. When we declare to God how good he is to us, then God ministers back how much he wants to be good to us. And we haven't even touched or even, haven't, even, haven't even scratched the surface of what God has for, has for you and what God wants to do in your life. Matthew 18 and 20, we shared it already, where two or three are gathered in my name, there shall I be in the midst of them. The Bible says this also, when any two of you bind anything on earth, it's bound in heaven. 
and any, and any two of you loose anything on earth, it's loose in heaven. Look at somebody and say, there's power in binding and loosening. When I, when I call someone and say, hey, can you help me pray about this? That's the agreement. That's the power of agreement. And that's what begins to move God to move on our behalf. I'm praying for you. I love you. I'm building you up. I'm praying for you. I'm loving you. I'm building you up. You can't pray prayers like that and not see God do something. Hello? You can't pray prayers like that and not see God do something. So here's what God says. Whatever you bind, say the power of prayer. Whatever you pray in, in earth, I'll, I'll deliver in heaven. Praise looses God's power. Whatever you loose in earth, God said, I will loose in heaven. So here we see two keys to a door, the door that we want open, and that door is open through praise, and that door is open through worship. Do I have a worshiper in the house? Do I have a praiser in the house? Do I have anybody in the house that's where I'm at today? 1 Corinthians 13 and 11. This is the point I wanted to start with. <laughs> Paul said, look at your name and say, Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. But now that I'm a man, I have put off childish notions and pursued the things of God. When I was a child, I spake as a child, but now that I'm a man, I put off those silly notions as a child, and I begin to grow, and I begin to mature, and I begin to allow God to change things in my life. Acts 8, if you go there with me, I'd like to bring reference to a story. Uh, Josh, this is probably, make, let me make sure I got the right. I felt like the Lord gave this to me this morning. Verse 26, Acts 8, verse 26. You hear of the name of Philip in church history, in the New Testament church, he was one of the he was one of the elders, one of the deacons that was anointed. Uh, Stephen was one of the deacons, one of the elders that was anointed. And Saul is trying his best to stop the work of God, the move of God. Uh, when Stephen was stoned, many Bible scholars believe that Saul was a little younger and he was holding the coats of all the men that stoned Stephen, that, so, that, that Saul was a firsthand uh, witness of what took place to Stephen. And the Bible says that when the stones begin to fall upon Stephen's body, he cried out, Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And then he made this statement, I see Jesus at the right hand of the Father. So no matter how bad, how bad things are, no matter what's taking place, God is in your life and he's in control. But there's a guy there by the name of Philip. I'm going to bring verse, a reference to verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go towards the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And he arose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasure, had come to Jerusalem to worship. Was, in verse 28, was returning and sitting in this chariot, read Isaiah the prophet. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. Look at somebody say, the Spirit said to make a connection. Notice Philip's attitude. Philip ran. Look at somebody say he ran. Didn't, didn't, didn't hesitate, didn't pause, but he pursued it. Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Isaiah and said, understand thou, understand thou what thou readest. So Philip goes to the chariot, the chariot's parked. This eunuch of great power, great authority, 
has got the book of Isaiah. He's reading from the book of Isaiah. God sends Philip to the side of the chariot. Philip asks eunuch, do you understand what you're reading? Verse 31. And he said, how can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come and sit with him. The place of scripture which he read was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter, and like a lamb dumb before his shearer, so he opened not his mouth. In his humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who should declare his generation? For his life is taken from the earth. And the eunuch asked, answered Philip and said, I pray thee of whom speak the prophets this, of himself or of some other man. Then Philip opened his mouth and began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. Don't you love that? Preached unto him that's all he had to preach about was Jesus. And as soon as, and as they were on their way, there came under a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all thy heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still. And they went both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized them. Do you see the picture here? Philip begins to explain to the eunuch what Isaiah was saying about the sufferings of Jesus all that he would go through. He'd be a lamb led to the slaughter. Uh, he, he would be wounded. He would be, he would be, his face would be abused. And as Philip is teaching all this to, to the eunuch, something happens in the eunuch's heart. And the eunuch decides that he wants to become a part of the family of God. There's water. Let's get baptized. So they both go in the water, and Philip baptizes them. And notice verse 39. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord caught away Philip, that the eunuch saw him no more, and he went on his way rejoicing. But Philip was found in Azotus, and passing through, he preached in all the cities till he came to Caesarea. What does that mean? It means that everyone in this house has a subtitle, Philip. Everyone in this house has been given the responsibility to share Christ. I believe, like Paul said, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I believe it's time for many in the body of Christ to grow up and mature. I believe that there are expectations placed on, on us. I believe there's a time for the milk. I believe there's a time for the baby food. I believe there's a time for baby steps. But sooner or later, Kendra, we got to know in our knower that everything's going to be all right, and that with that understanding, we walk bold, we hold our head high, we declare the promise of God in our life, we walk where God wants us to walk, and we do what God wants us to do, and then we begin to see God using us in an incredible, phenomenal, wonderful way. And that's where Philip was. Philip was just open to the things of God, and if you're open to things of God, I promise you, God will speak things into your heart and spirit that will, to that will literally blow your mind, literally blow your mind. Uh, we had a testimony this week. I know that we've talked a lot about starting a landscaping business and a, a, a business that would affect the city. Uh, we kind of got this idea years and years ago. And matter of fact, it was just uh, completed. There, there was a restaurant here in Cleveland that is uh, owned and owned, managed, rather, and, and taken care of by the homeless. The homeless actually have a job. They go to this kitchen. They can cook. They can wash dishes. They can serve tables. And this was, this was a door open for them to be a blessing. But we were talking about a landscaping business. And we were talking about doing some of this and doing some of that. And, you know, it's okay to talk the talk.
But sometimes it just, it just becomes that someone just needs to put into motion the talk that we're talking. Right. So this past week, uh, Greg felt like he heard from God, and he felt like he was on page to the ministry that God wants to have at this house. And I had the privilege of going with Greg and Gene uh, to Homestead Tractor, and we didn't, we didn't pick the smallest one. We didn't pick the least improved one. We picked the top of the line. I mean, nothing runs like a deer. I mean, we got the back scrape. We got the front end loader. We've got the bush hog, and we got the, the trench digger. And I just thought about those of you that, you know, we'll just dig a hole and just put you right in it and cover you up, and, and nobody. <laughs> but what is so wild, for, I guess for three years, we have been talking about doing this. We've been speaking it. We've been declaring it. But lo and behold, it fell on the right ears. It felt on he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. It fell on the right ears. It felt good. And Greg said, let's do it. Let's go for it. So we've got a C-35 SB, something like that, close. It won't fly, but it does everything else. I mean, this is a, this is a track. This is a man's tractor. And the first thing we did, we went to the bottom of the hill to see if we climb the hill. You know how that is. Climb right up the hill. I said, well, let me push the gadget down. I pushed the gadget down. I actually did about three minutes of work. Felt proud of all the work that I did in three minutes. And I said, only God, Gene, could bring this to us at the right time, at the right place, even when circumstances may not seem right. It might not seem like, well, this is really not a good time for this, or this is not a good time for that. And, and you don't know what's a good time or what's a bad time, but know that God is working in your behalf, and Philip gets involved. He asked God, God said, go to him, speak to him, teach him, baptize him. But the, the miracle that people failed to see in this house is that when Philip baptized the eunuch and the eunuch came up, Philip disappears. Gone. Why? Because God was done with him there. And what is so crazy, he's found seven miles away ministering to Caesarea. How crazy is that? You're walking where God wants you to walk. You're doing what God wants you to do. You're surrounding yourself with the right people. You're saying the right thing. You're, you're doing the right thing. You're following up what God has counseled you to do. And what you may have been waiting for a lifetime. What you may have been waiting for a decade. What you may have been waiting for a year. That, 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 that thing. And Alec, I know you can relate to that because when you were younger, you had aspirations about, athlete, about being athletic and the scholarship and all that. Who, who would have known that a few years later, here you are going scholarship. God's blessed you. You're not, I, saw you I saw your hands lifted this morning, not ashamed to praise and worship God. But who, who would have known that God would visit his dream and God would visit his vision and, and reinforce it and bless it and push it out of the nest and let it be? So when you're walking where God wants you to walk and you're doing what God wants you to do, there's a very good chance that Lord is about to exalt you, bring someone into your life that's going to promote you. Don't worry if they're not very, very long because they've got other stuff to do. But when Philip was done with what God called him to do, bam, he was gone. Greg, how crazy is that? It would be scary if you did what you're supposed to do, then bam, you disappeared, and Susan and I couldn't find you. We well, that's not going to happen, right? We, got, we know where you're at. But that's the favor, that's the blessing of the Lord. So know this morning, when we gather together in his name, he's there. When we, when we begin to expect things from him, he begins to provide. And as we allow him to pour out what he has for us, what we've been waiting for maybe a year, what we've been waiting for maybe a month, who knows how long you've been waiting, but all of a sudden, bam, there's that God connection, and you're right in the middle of God's will. Be warned, anytime you're in the middle of God's will, the enemy hates you, will try to stop you, will try to shut you down, We'll try to bring things to doubt your decision, to doubt clarity. I mean, there had to be a couple days later, Greg, you guys had to think, 
are we sure we've done the right thing? $40,000, really? And Susan said it was okay, really? I mean, how, oh, we didn't tell Susan, we just went and did it. So does Susan know what we've done? She does now, right? So here, here, here we have, now we're really in trouble. I've got Gene in trouble, I've got, I got Craig in trouble, I've got Alex in trouble. So I'm going to bail and say, expect something to happen when you connect with God. Expect something to happen when you decide, my mouth is not where it needs to be. You're hanging around people, their mouth is not where it's supposed to be. Turn things around in their life. They're speaking the things of God. They're doing the things of God, and you are there to watch it take, transpire and take place. Do you love the Lord today? Amen. Are you glad you're part of the family of God? Is every head is bowed, every eye closed, just for a moment. If you're here this morning and you've, you've wandered away from the Lord, you know, you know what it's like to be in his presence. You know what it's like to, to serve him and love him.